Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Firms Consulting Podcast. Today is a very interesting podcast where I'm going to use a lot of examples, uh, rich examples, discussing what makes a good mentee and a bad mentee, both in a consulting environment and I would say in any other environment for that matter, but primarily in a consulting environment. And I do apologize up front, I'm at the airport, so the um, there may be some background noise, even though I'm in a business um um, uh, um, suite for the airport. Um, so let's just start off by talking about what makes a good mentee. And I'm going to use a couple of analogies here, right? Um, I'm going to start off by discussing a story too that I tell all of my mentees. And if uh, you know, a mentee is listening to this and they think, but Michael hasn't told me this story, it doesn't mean you're not my mentee, it just means at some point I'm probably going to tell you this story. It's a very important story. And unfortunately, it comes from a science fiction movie. So if you don't like science fiction movies, I'm going to have to I'll elaborate a little bit, but not too much so you understand this. If you've ever watched the Star Wars movies, you know there's a guy there dressed in black who looks like he's wearing a ventilator all the time. Darth Vader, the evil guy, the one who's trying to kill everyone. Now, what many of you may know or may not know is that um, Darth Vader was once, in inverted commas, a good guy. And the way the Star Wars movies progress is it's the story of um, a universe made up of many worlds that are protected by these very, very intelligent and very gifted um, uh, warriors, for lack of a better word, called the um, Jedi. And this way the story goes is that um, one of the Jedi Knights finds this young boy in a far-off planet, um, and this boy's mother is a slave. But the Jedi Knight notices that this boy has exceptional talent. He, he, he has powers and skills that are incredibly strong for someone his age. You know, you, you, when, you, when, you pay, when you sit with this boy and you notice his skills, you notice that he can do things other people cannot do. That young boy's name is Anakin Skywalker, right? Now, again, I'm not going to bore you too much with the science fiction details, but the story goes something like this, whereby that Jedi Knight, will will not give you his name, it's not important, decides to mentor and train Anakin Skywalker because he sees a lot of potential in Anakin Skywalker. And while there's a lot of potential in this young boy, there's also a lot of debate amongst the Jedi Council, the Jedi Knights, about whether this young boy can control his powers. There's a belief that he may be too angry, and he has such a he has such a need for vengeance that he's going to abuse the powers. And, and the big debate in the in the Jedi Council is that should they continue to teach him all of the unique Jedi skills? knowing full well that there's a 50-50 chance that he could end up using it for evil. And eventually, the Jedi Knight who found him believes that, yes, I can train him and I can guide him. And eventually the story goes that this young guy grows up to um, become very talented, um, but he he is not willing to learn the non-technical skills from his mentor. So the mentors trained him well on the technical skills, but on the non-technical skills, the mentor has not yet passed on those skills to him. But this young guy, Anakin Skywalker, believes he's ready for everything and basically tries to move away from his mentor. And the way the story ends is he challenges his mentor 
They get involved in the fight. The young guy is left badly injured, but he survives, and he goes on to become this evil person called Darth Vader. Now, why is the story important in a mentor-mentee relationship? The reason it's important is because when I personally look for mentees, I'm not looking for angels. I'll tell you that right now. There's no such thing as the perfect person with the right set of values, thinking nice thoughts in cartoon characters, uh, and so on. You know, they, everyone has a slight dark side. That's human nature. Everyone is battling with that dark side. And my job is to find very talented people, bring them into this program, and figure out a way to you know convert them into someone exceptional. And well, we're not always successful. I mean, my strike rate is probably quite low here in terms of success. But I think of the ones that I keep close to me as very close mentees, they may struggle with things, they may make mistakes, but it's my job to never allow them to lose control and apply what we're teaching them to do the wrong thing. Now, I'm not you know, imp implying that I'm some kind of Jedi Knight. I probably look good in flowing robes and so on. But what I am saying is that as a management consulting partner, I have certain skills and I have a certain network, obviously, that I can introduce my mentees into. But the question is, do we invite that mentee into that network? And what determines whether or not you get invited is not whether you're brilliant and calm and whether you have great values. I can tell you right now, most of my mentees have some serious flaws. Does that make them bad? No, because everyone has serious flaws. And the role of a mentor is to guide them to control those things so that it doesn't control them. Uh, and that's really important to understand. A great mentee is not someone perfect. It's someone with the potential to be great. You know, it, like this example with, you know, Anakin Skywalker, we mentioned how the Jedi Knight saw he had these great skills. You know, drawing a direct analogy, when I look at someone who speaks well, very logical, great math skills and so on, that's, I can see certain potential that other people may not see. And my job is to guide them and, you know, extract that and grow it within them. Now let's just, you know, placing that analogy aside, let's just talk about what is the definition of a mentee and what is the definition of a mentor. First thing is a mentor is not your friend. I'll tell you that right now. People like to pick mentors who are friendly towards them, and I think that's a very tragic mistake. I am not friendly towards my mentors. Yeah, I mean, towards my mentees. Yeah, sure, I talk to them friendly. I, I crack jokes now and again, but I make it very clear to them that while I'm your mentor, I am not your friend but I am friendly towards you. In fact, I think there's only one mentee, a Chinese lady that I treat a little bit like a friend because I know her fairly well, right? Um, so, I, I mean, I know all my mentees very well, but I think I know her a little bit better than everyone else. So I treat her more like a friend. But even with her, I always tell her very carefully is that you must always understand that if you step out of line or you do something that I think is wrong, I will very quickly tell you you stepped out of line. The problem with being your friend is that friends want to make you feel good. If you go and tell a friend, you know, you did something wrong, they'll try to comfort you. They'll tell you, oh, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Everything will get better. That's not my job. My job is not to tell you everything will get better. You're, my job as your mentor is to help you make it better. And that's a very different relationship that we have versus friends who are just there to comfort you but may, but may not have the skills, the energy, the capacity or the wherewithal to actually help you change what has gone wrong. So a mentor is not your friend. 
A mentor is not someone who just arrives every month or every two months and says, oh, how are things going? Do you need advice on anything? That's a fake mentor. That's someone who wants to be liked. A mentor is someone who gets involved in your life. And I tell my mentees this, you know, I want to know everything that goes wrong. I don't care if you shot someone. You, the first person you call when something goes wrong is me. And you tell me what happened. The reason I need to know what happened is that I can then help you through the situation. But if I don't know something went wrong, it impacts you later, I don't have all of the information to provide you the right advice. And if I don't have all of the information to provide you the right advice, we're going to have a problem because I'm going to give you the wrong advice. It's not that I dislike you or anything, but I'm actually going to give you advice that's going to hurt you, and I don't want to hurt you. I want to know what happened. So, you know, when you're picking mentors, it's not the friendliest person. It's not the person who wants to speak to you every two weeks and make you feel good. It's the person who is going to know you, get involved, and at the end of the time you speak to them, they've given you some concrete action to take that's going to change the negative trajectory you're in. If you just end up feeling good with your mentor, that's not a mentor. That's a fake mentor who's actually abusing the right to be called a mentor. And of course, this is my personal view on mentorship. There are many people, there's a whole cottage industry around the world where my mentors just speak with you for, I don't know, 30 minutes a month and say, oh, that's my mentee. That's not your mentee. That's maybe your friend. And a friend is not your mentor. Because... And to be a friend means you have to overlook certain things about people. And your mentor is not willing to overlook those things. They're there to accept that change takes time and are going to guide you, but they're not going to overlook it. They're not going to say, good is good enough. They're looking to turn you out to be great. So that's the definition of a good mentor. What's a good mentee? Well, a good mentee, the first rule of a good mentee is honesty. You've got to tell me what is happening Otherwise, I cannot guide you. And there are a lot of mentees, you know, I have some people who, who call me their mentors, but I don't know how much advice I give them. I mean, I have a mentor, a mentee in Singapore, in McKinsey, and he calls me up every two or three months for advice, but the guy is so cagey about what he's doing at McKinsey that I actually think I'm adding zero value in his life. I don't think that I'm actually guiding him at all because he tells me nothing. He will say, give me some vague things and... I can't guide him. So the first rule of being a mentee is you, you don't tell me things that are confidential if you are working at McKinsey or BCG, but you tell me enough that I can guide you. And of course, you let me know what's happening in personal life and so on. But if you're not honest with me, I can't guide you. So that's the first rule of being a mentee. The second rule about being a mentee is actually to do something with the advice I'm giving you. The worst thing for mentees is that they take advice and they don't do anything with it. And and that, to me, is an immediate sign that this mentee needs to be cut off. Because some mentees are so hesitant to take the advice that they end up not doing anything with it. Now, I'm okay if you take the advice and you adjust it and you tweak it and you check it with people and so on. I don't mind if you do any of those things and I think you should do those things. But do something with your life. Don't just sit there and plan forever until nothing actually happens because it's very easy for us to do that, right? Again, there's a whole cottage industry that ends up making us feel good about the fact that we're average. I mean, think about it, right? How many books write about other people going through the same problem? You read about this and you say, hey, I have this flaw, and it's okay to have this flaw. It's not okay to have this flaw. That's a myth. You've got to deal with it, so don't feel good about stalling. Do something with the advice. Act on it. Even if it doesn't work, act on it and become better at it. 
The third thing is there must be trust between the mentor and mentee. There has to be trust. Now, I spoke about the first kind of trust whereby the mentor, the mentee tells you everything. The, the third kind of trust is the mentor should never divulge what those things are. It's almost a patient-doctor relationship. In fact, I would say it is a patient-doctor relationship. One of the things I tell my mentees is that I'll never divulge, or I tell it to clients as well because they are mentees as well. I won't divulge anything that is said to me. And that is true. We don't divulge things unless it is public information. And even then, even if it's public information, sometimes I'll tell a mentee, I think you need to bury this because it's not that important. It detracts from the story. And even if it came out in the future, it's not going to change the trajectory of your career. So the trust between how the mentee shares things with you. So the, the mentee needs to, to share with you. The ability to take feedback and actually do things with it. And the third point is that the mentor should never divulge things. Ever. You know, you should not divulge any of the confidential information that's ever provided to you. So, we spoke about the definition of a mentee and a mentor. So, let's talk about what's a good mentee and what's a bad mentee. So, let's talk about a good mentee. Again, I'm going to refer to um, this Chinese lady that I mentioned to you, which I treat a little bit like a friend. I think she's a good mentee. The reason I think she's a good mentee is because I think she's very, she makes a lot of mistakes. And I didn't mention this earlier, but mentees give you headaches. They are not pleasant to deal with in the sense, you like them, obviously, that's why they are your mentees, but it's not all a great relationship. That's one of the mistakes bad mentors make. They pick people that are easy to mentee. If someone is truly your mentee, you take what's going through their life, you take it seriously. It affects you, it impacts you, it has a direct bearing on your well-being because when your mentee goes through an obstacle, you've got to apply your mind to help them think through that, right? So it's not a pleasant experience. So let's come back to this good mentee. So Chinese lady um, living in the United States, and I like her because she's honest. She tells me the truth, even if it makes her look bad. She'll tell me, I did this, I didn't do this, and, you know, what should I do? So, so sometimes she doesn't share things with me, but I don't think it's because she doesn't want to share it with me. I have things because she doesn't know it is important to share. But really, she shares things with me that I'm pretty sure she doesn't share with other, with other people. So as a mentor, I, I can see the thought process. I can see the things she's trying to balance. I can see where her weaknesses are. I can see where she's afraid. I can see where she lacks confidence, actually. I can see why she's making decisions she's making. I can, you know, I can... I can understand the person behind the person so that when she does something, I don't judge her, oh, you did this, and nine times out of ten people do this for this reason. I can say, okay, you did this, even though nine times out of ten people who do this mean the following, I know that you meant this. So, she's a good mentee in that regard. The other thing, she follows my advice. I remember giving her some dress advice, um, you know, um, wearing a certain combination of a dress with a certain color belt. And I was actually very surprised that when she went for a final round interview, which she got, um, I asked her, what did you wear? And she said, well, I wore this because you recommended it. And it is what I would have recommended first. So she takes the advice very carefully. The other thing about this mentee is that she is 
willing to experiment and, and i think that's very important there is no right part to the top it is difficult to make partner in any of the major firms it is not something where there's a defined route to get there and i feel this mentee whenever she runs into an obstacle she immediately calls me and says this is my problem what do i do but i don't feel like i'm just talking we, we're kind of sharing ideas so she's reached the point where she knows what i'm going to say in certain areas and she thinks that she already knows it she'll guide me and say okay i know that but this is what i'm actually thinking so I think that's very useful because the time is very efficient. And I actually like that about her. The 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 fourth thing is that she's honest. We talked about sharing things, but you know, sometimes you can share things as a manipulation tactic. And I do feel that this mentee is actually honest in what she's thinking and what she's doing. And she's a good mentee, right? Now the other thing is there's a confidentiality issue attached to what I tell my mentees. So I do share a lot of confidential things with them, but I expect them to honor that confidentiality agreement because, you know, I am sharing with her certain tricks that I've applied that you won't find written anywhere else in any book in the world because I was a partner and I'm teaching her how to apply those skills and I prefer if she didn't share it with the rest of the world. Sure, she can share it with her mentees when she gets older, but you know, that's many years away. But the fact that I can see she honors that confidentiality is very important to me. And I think the, the final thing to, to note about a good mentee is that they don't only tell you the good things. Uh, they don't just tell you all the nice things that are happening at a professional level. They understand that personal things drive per professional decisions and vice versa so they go quite broad in telling you why they are thinking about things why it's affecting them and so on because it's so easy for us to get on the phone and just talk about what's happening in the office but of course things that happen personally affect you and I need to know what those things are right bad mentees I've had bad mentees the worst mentees are the ones who I would besides doing the opposite of what the good mentee did there's some other things they They'll ask me for advice, I'll tell them what to do, and then they'll immediately come back and say, how do I do that? I don't know how to do it. Now, if you think about that in practical terms, I don't know how my mentees spend their lives. I mean, even no matter how much information they share with me, I don't know who they are speaking to at 9 a.m. I don't know where that manager is sitting. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what's the dynamic in that room. So it's impossible for me to give you specific advice on how to apply that piece of advice in a practical situation. You've got to take the advice and you've got to adapt it. And mentees fall for this trap a lot. Well, some of them. They'll say, oh, you've given me this advice, but I'm not sure how to do it, and therefore I can't do it. Now, when a mentee does that, it means a mentee wants me to be too involved at an operational level, and I, and I immediately start backing away, because I know this is the kind of mentee who doesn't get things done. And a kind of mentee who doesn't get things done is a bad mentee. That's one. The second one is a mentee that forgets advice. I really do not like it when a mentee forgets advice. You'll tell them something very important and you'll m make sure they understand it. And then a month down the line or two months down the line, they're doing the opposite. And you ask them, but didn't we discuss this and we said we wouldn't do this? And the mentee says, yeah, I forgot. You need to send, you know, can you send me a reminder? When someone says, send me a reminder, immediately I'm gonna, not going to mentor them anymore. The reason why is because they're not taking ownership for their own development. They want you to not only advise them, but then guide them on it. Basically, they want an executive assistant. They want you to be the executive assistant. You know, on an hourly, daily basis, weekly basis, tell them what to do. Now, if you can't control your life, even with the best piece of advice, you're not going to do anything with it. And that's a bad mentee. Other examples of bad mentees is obviously related to trust. There are mentees who you'll give them the most, you know, you'll take a lot of time and give them really carefully considered, very specific advice. 
But then what do they do? They go to talk to many different friends and they'll come back and say, oh, I spoke to my friend and he said I shouldn't do this. Well, okay, that's no problem. So your friend, um, you know, obviously probably worked at McKinsey or BCG as a partner. No? No? Okay, so what qualifies them to change the direction we've set after two hours of discussion, why would you do that? And I'm okay if you come back with this brilliant answer about why your friend was worth listening to, but most of the time people don't have brilliant answers. They just spoke to their friend, they thought their friend made sense, and they decided to discard the advice. I'm okay if you change advice. I'm okay if you discard the advice, but you better have good reason for doing it. Because when a mentee invests in you, a true mentor-mentee relationship is where the mentor is personally vested in you. When I look at you know the example of the good mentee, and I think about where this lady is going to be 15 years from now, I'm partly I'm heavily responsible for where she ends up and how successful she is, and that kind of pressure is what is needed in the mentor-mentee relationship. I need to feel that I am responsible a little bit for what happens to her or any of the other mentees, you know, mentees. I have lots of male, probably majority male mentees as well. But a bad mentee is one who is going to cut off that personal relationship so that over time you feel, well, they're not going to listen to you anyway. They're not going to do what you're saying. They're not going to have a reason for disagreeing with you. So you might as well not bother to give them advice. Now, what makes a, now, now how, do we, how do we look for mentees? Well, Besides everything we mentioned, there's one particular attribute that I look for in a mentee. And I'm going to tell you a story to explain this. Do you know how you catch a monkey in Africa? I'll repeat that. Do you know how you catch a monkey in Africa? Now, most of you are probably wondering, what does this have to do with mentor-mentee relationships? Well, I'll make the point at the end. The way you catch a mentee, the way you catch a monkey in Africa is you put berries of fruits into a log, right? Now, if it's berries, you put them into a, you know into a sort of a bag, and you put them into a log, and the monkey is going to put its hand through the hole in the log to try to take out the fruit. If the fruit's too large and you know it's a solid piece like a coconut or something, the monkey cannot remove the fruit. If you've put berries into a bag, the bag is so big that the monkey cannot pull it out of the log. Of course, the monkey is not smart enough. Some of them to realize you go through the log and take it out, so they they put their hand through. Now. What do you think happens when, when someone comes along to capture the monkey? You would think, you would think the monkey runs away, right? No, the monkey doesn't run away. The monkey just keeps on holding that fruit and he can't move the log. So he's stuck there and he's bearing his fangs at everyone else when they're trying to capture him. Now, what I look for in a, in a, in a mentee is I look for a monkey's attribute. What I mean by that is I want someone who is going to do everything within their power legally and ethically to reach their objectives. When I mean reach your objectives, when I when I mentee people, I don't when I mentor people, I'm not I don't give a I don't care if they get into McKinsey. I really couldn't care less. Because most of them are going to get into McKinsey or BCG. Right? We have a fairly high pr- placement rate. 64% of everyone we train gets into McKinsey, BCG, or Bain. That's a very high placement rate. But I don't really see it as a success. I don't start popping champagne and saying, thank you, you know, congratulations. You've, I don't really care. What I am interested in is where you're going to end up in 20 years. Are you going to have an impact in the world? Are you going to find out why you were put on this planet and actually live up to your, you know, ambitions. Now, to to achieve that, you have to be a little bit like a monkey. You have to have your one hand on your 
goal, dreams, whatever you want to call it, and not let go, no matter who's chasing you, no matter what is chasing you. And you, and you have to be a pretty smart monkey. And you have to have one hand free, one hand holding the berries, and one hand on the phone calling me and telling me, Michael, I'm chasing my dream, but there's a lot of obstacles here. What do I do? And it's true, by the way. That's how you catch monkeys in Africa. So... A lot of people have asked me how you be a good mentee. I've given an example of someone I think who is a very good mentee. But this idea of not giving up is very important because you are going to give up. You are going to struggle after five years. It's going to look hard. You're going to be competing with many people. You're not going to know what to do. And you're going to decide, you know what? I got into McKinsey. I'm an engagement manager now. I'll take my foot off the accelerator and I'll just continue living life that's not good enough as always i'm happy to post comments or respond to any questions